Welcome to a form of acknowledgement, homilies, teachings, and reflections with Father Jeremiah Volman, an Orthodox Christian priest, exploring the theanthropic life, the intersection between the created and the uncreated, the human and the divine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Amen. There's always more that I want to talk about than I have time to say. But I'll mention, just briefly mention one little thing, and then get to my main point. Today in the Holy Orthodox Church we remember the life of the Holy Martyr Calistratos, well known um, servant of the Empire, revealed as a Christian in a time of persecution, having been discovered as praying in the middle of the night by one of his fellow soldiers who was probably jealous of him turned him over to one of the persecutors of the time. St. Calistratos ended up imprisoned. His life was so inspiring, his faith was so inspiring, that 49 others followed him. They were all imprisoned, and he educated them, he catechized them, he educated them in the faith while they were in prison awaiting their martyrdom. There was a time, and there still is, there was a time in which to call yourself a Christian meant it demanded everything. Everything. Think about those who decided to follow Calistratos knowing that it would, that was their death sentence. But they didn't matter. Remember what we heard last night? What, what value was it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Well, they wanted to gain their souls and the kingdom of heaven, and they knew it, and they believed it. They tried to put St. Calistratos to the test by having him offer incense to the idols, and he just wouldn't do it. And that was the clincher. I worship the one true God and none other. And it's inspiring to think about these ones who were confronted with, as we might say, just offering a little incense. What is offering just a little incense? What if you don't even really mean it? Well, they understood that their actions were consonant with their beliefs. What they, how they lived was consistent with what they believed. And if I claim to believe one thing, but I act contrary to that, then I'm not really a follower. I don't really believe in the incarnate God. I cannot worship any other God than Him. Therefore, you know, we offer incense still 
to the one true God. Only. Only. <clears throat> so, their example is inspiring. We hear this. Read the lives of the saints. If you want your faith to be strengthened, read the lives of the saints. And be prepared, you know. Be prepared to live your faith. They inspire us to live the life of faith. Not just in word, but in deed as well. To truly incarnate our faith in the one true God. There's something else I want to talk about today. I think it's a significant, relevant topic for the time we're in. I want to talk a little bit about depression and despair. Inspired by the words of St. Peter we heard in today's Gospel reading. He had been given this great catch of fish, St. Peter. And he ran up to the feet of Jesus, bowed down on the ground before him, said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Get out. I'm not worthy to be near you. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. We're all aware of the self-aggrandizing kind of pride. Sometimes pompous and judgmental. Sometimes subtle and sneaky. That little sneaky thought that I'm a little better than someone else. The kind of pride that causes us always to focus on the sins and the problems of others. That's the most obvious kind of pride. It's a kind of egotism that's sometimes difficult to identify in ourselves. But at least if we talk about it, it's easy to comprehend. But there's a deeper and even more challenging kind of self-reference that can be more difficult to deal with. The kind that causes a person to loathe his or herself. To lack courage. To feel so very small as if to be merely incidental and even meaningless in the terrible concoction of events that we call life. Sometimes we experience a kind of uncertainty and insecurity that causes us to simply protect ourselves, hide ourselves. However we may retreat in our jobs, activities, or online, or whatever it may be. And sometimes, due to that flawed vision and understanding of ourselves, it seems like that's all we can do. How can I face myself when all I see is brokenness in myself? It's nothing new to hear me say, beloved in Christ, that we are all broken and imperfect. We're all broken and imperfect. That's why we're here in the hospital. Because we need healing, our Lord didn't come for those who are well, but for those who are sick. And that's why we crawl to get here. Crawl to get here. 
Get a ride, whatever it may take. Tune in online if you can't, whatever it may take. We're all broken and imperfect. The realization of this brokenness and perfection, imperfection, the realization of this, and the way we deal with it, often defines how we live. In this day and age, we often hear talk about depression in particular. So I think it's important that we offer a word on this topic. And when I talk about this topic, I like to emphasize that it's not a sin to struggle with depression. Not a sin to struggle with depression. There are many causes and many kinds. Sometimes the reality of the world, its condition, and its effect submerges you. You find yourself buried among worries and concerns, not knowing what to do. Beloved in Christ, it's okay to experience this. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. St. Peter, who was present in today's reading, went through this kind of thing many times. Read the Gospels. You'll find it. Consider this experience that he had with Christ with the great hall of fish. And then he said, depart from me. His miraculous experience of joining Christ, walking out on the water, and then falling in. At one moment he was proclaiming Christ as God. The next moment he was rebuked as Satan himself. Later promising to die with Christ. Then denying Christ. Repenting. And then, then being called to shepherd the very flock of Christ. Peter, St. Peter had many ups and downs in his life. He's a good example for us. From today's reading, I find some incredible insight that opens the door on this conversation about depression and despair. While depression can be debilitating and overwhelming, it's not the end. When you feel this way, it's not the end. In the church, we tend to make an important distinction between depression and despair. Depression being this experience, and even now known as a medical condition. But despair is equated with utter hopelessness, a kind of giving up on oneself that implies even God's inability to save. And while we might struggle with these kinds of thoughts, when we give up and relinquish hope, we begin to dabble in despair. We could call this morbid despair. And it's a kind of, this is a kind of skewed form of egotism, a pure self-reference, a broken sense of self that leads to despair. Hear the words of St. Peter. He says, we toiled all night and took nothing. And if he had stopped there, as many of us are tempted to do, nothing would have changed. We didn't accomplish anything. Why try anymore? There's no hope for us. We fished all night, didn't catch anything. Nets are empty. 
That feeling of despair sometimes feel like, feels like my nets are empty. Why try anymore? But then the next line he said, we toiled all night and we took nothing, but at thy word I will let down the nets. And despite his lack of faith in himself, and even in his circumstance, he humbled himself to hear the word of Christ and to do it. And in this instance, it provided an unexpected yield of fish. Then, amazed by the yield, he fell at the feet of Christ and admitted something about himself. I am a sinful man, O Lord. What a strange prerequisite to the response. Do not be afraid. Henceforth you will catch men. Awareness of one's sinfulness. An awareness of one's condition. Like Peter saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Awareness of one's condition can lead to humility and repentance. When we say that we're sinful, we're really admitting our need for a Savior. We're not worthy to be in His presence. Depart from me. Yet He says, I'm not going anywhere. Rather, I have something for you to do. Follow me. Follow me. One of my fathers in the faith, Archimandrite Zacharias Sakaru, he's a priest monk, in carrying on the teachings of St. Silo and the Athenite, and his elder, St. Sophroni of Essex, introduced me to a beautiful term. I've shared it with some of you, but I want to bring it up again. A beautiful term that I found to be really helpful. He calls it charismatic despair. Charismatic despair. In the use of this term, he uses the word despair with a kind of qualification. One kind is suffered with prayer, and another is without prayer. He says, such despair, talking about charismatic despair, such despair is accompanied by the urge to pray continuously. If despair generates the urge to cling to God, and to turn to Him continuously because we have none other than Him to help us, it is charismatic despair. Morbid despair is when we cannot pray. We choose not to. But if there is prayer, despair is wonderful. And people who go through despair in prayer achieve something in their life. And he continues by saying, charismatic despair is an effect of grace. When we see how spotless, blameless, and great the love of God is, we despair utterly of our state, because, because we know God deserves all those things which are holy, honest, and lovely, as the apostle enumerates them. We see that we do not have these things, therefore we despair. But this despair is from God because it's activated by grace. That's the end of the quote. At the moment of again and again realizing our own brokenness, in many ways we say to the Lord, depart from me. Depart from me, but 
But instead of saying, for I am a sinful man, admitting our need for the Savior, we sometimes say with our actions and even words, depart from me for I'm hopeless. I'm a lost cause, I'm nothing. We close the door to prayer and we withdraw from the grace of charismatic despair. The incredible desperation that renders even words inadequate leads us to understand that even a breath can be a prayer to the Almighty God who alone can deliver us from the lie of meaninglessness. We don't have to prevent this moment with God from taking place. And I'll draw near to the conclusion of my homily with a beautiful phrase from Saint Sophroni. He says, strange and incomprehensible is the life of the would-be Christian. In its web of contradictions, we discern assaults of evil spirits, abandonment by God, the darkness of death, the agony of hell on the one hand, and on the other, the revelation of God and the light of unoriginate being. Words cannot compass these things. Every human being is a unique and original phenomenon. End of quote. The mystery of our life in Christ unfolds in the midst of it all. The solution to our deep and complicated reality as human beings cannot be oversimplified. Yet, in a word of truth demonstrated in today's gospel reading, I'll tell you, beloved, in Christ something that's simple and true. While sinful and unworthy, no matter how proud you feel right now, worthless, impotent, unable, we're all being called by Christ to a purpose that is perhaps even unknown to us. Who knows if tomorrow will even come? But these plain men who were to become his blessed disciples did something significant. We heard at the very end of the gospel reading, they left everything and followed him. And I guarantee you that they never regretted it. So I'll end just by saying, let's hang on to God's mercy. Let's hang on God's mercy, risking everything, risking everything for his sake in order to gain everything. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, and if you're here, if you're a human being, believe it or not, he has begun a good work in you. Let's believe that he will complete it. Amen.